Hey, Taylor. How are you, girl? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. You know, just trying to live the dream and kill the game every day. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) How's how's been training your classes going? It's been going really well. Um, I actually just took a week off, though, from training to go on a little vacation. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? I went out to uh, Breckenridge, actually, to do some camping out in the mountains. It was pretty spectacular, kind of cold. I mean, Breck is Already. beautiful. Yeah, Breck is yeah. very beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was the best part about your trip? Um, Probably just getting to disconnect from the world for a little while and, uh, you know, really enjoy my surroundings and um, just one with nature a little too one with nature um my tent kind of gave out at the very end there we went to the primitive campgrounds and it got a little sketchy oh i'm sorry i've definitely had that happen before bad tents and bad camping gear makes for an epic trip no bueno sometimes (laughs) but definitely an epic trip oh yeah uh and it was kind of it was good timing because it was there at the very end, but I'm definitely going to have to do some replacing in some of my gear. I know you are into that kind of stuff, right? Like, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Nemo. Uh, they kind of came on the scene a little while ago, and they've been around for a while, but their tents are awesome, and it's funny enough, the owner of the company had an experience much like you, and it just failed him and he was infuriated with it. And then, so then he set out to create amazing, amazing products. And if you're going to be doing like a lot of backpacking, you know, they make an Aurora that is really good. Um, but I would definitely check them out. And if you decide to purchase anything from them, if you use the promo code sends and suffers 20, you get 20% off. You help the podcast. Okay. I'm sold. I'm definitely checking this out. All right. Well, hey, I look forward to seeing you in the gym later on this week, and I'm still excited. I'm going to try to catch one of your fitness classes, but I got to jump off here. But uh, it's good catching up with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Sounds great. I'll see you later. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sends and Suffers podcast and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, 
early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcasts. Today's guest is Andy Chastine, the man, the myth, and the legend. And if you have ever climbed in the lower 48, you know of horseshoe hell. What am I talking about? If you are involved in the world of rock climbing and you love all things rock climbing, Horseshoe Hell is an international event. And this is the man who started it all. From gravel riding to climbing, he does it all in the state of Arkansas. And in my opinion, he's the dude of Arkansas. But without further ado, I give you my friend and homie, Andy Chastine. Enjoy the show. Beautiful. Andy, how are you? I'm good. Very nice. Partially tired, but good. I it's mean, been a long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> when did the weekend start for you? You know, I actually came in later than usual. I, um, I'm usually here like Monday or Tuesday. Okay. And I had some things I had to take care of. So I came in Monday evening or I'm sorry, Wednesday evening. And the 12 starts on Thursday morning. And, uh, but luckily I, the staff is, the staff took care of everything. So I'm usually here Monday or Tuesday, but this year was late. I was a late arriver. Very nice. So uh, you and I know each other, so yeah. we're kind of jumping into this. So, yeah. but let me first back up by asking the question yeah. is, who are you? Where are you from? And what is your relation to the outdoors? And then we'll dive in from yeah. the rest of it there. Oh man. Um, I'll try to make this story shorter than it probably is, but, uh, my name is Andy Chastine and I have been a lover of the outdoors forever. I grew up in the country, you know, running through streams and rivers in Southern Missouri, uh, throwing rocks and fishing and, you know, you know, kid things that kids do. And so the outdoors has just been ingrained in me from a child. Um, and then I, I played, you know, all the team sports in high school and I played basketball in college and then got out of college and got straight into rock climbing. I became obsessed with rock climbing. When was this? Oh God. No, don't ask me that. You're going to age me, man. (laughs) Okay. We don't have to. No, I, uh, (laughs) I graduated from college in 2002, maybe somewhere under there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, so, um, so it was kind of around that time. And then obviously we founded Horseshoe Hell in 2006. And so I really hadn't been climbing that long. I was kind of a new climber. I hadn't, so I, wait I know I'm you, jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead here. No, you're not. I just like <laughs> anyone who knows the magnitude of Horseshoe Hell. That's such a funny, funny little, I mean, you went all in. Well, think about this. Listen to this piece of trivia here. Okay. When we put, I say we, I, this event's not mine. So I always say we, when we yeah. started to put on Horseshoe Hell in 2006, I had never even been to a climbing competition in my entire life. Oh not my once. Lord. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's negatives to that. Cause you don't know what it's like, but there's positives. Cause you get your, you get a clean slate. You get to do it. However you feel like. It, I, I, ha- I mean, I, there is magic to that. I hadn't fallen into, you know, as they say, like, uh, bad, uh, habits. Yeah. I, it was fresh. And I just, I just, 
I say I, we put on an event that we thought would be cool. And that's it, dude. That's it. Yeah. No, that's kind of magic, honestly. And I think that's, it's funny. I think that's kind of honestly how climbing is really. If you take yeah. it, if you look at it in a way, it's like you fell in love with the sport right. and then you wanted to create the greatest experience for yourself and you and your friends right. and whoever right away. And I think that's one of the reasons why like you, you find a route, you do it. And now you seek out the next best route or you seek out the next best yeah. thing or whatever it is. Like you're chasing after that. That's right. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. Yeah. I had no, I knew it started with just like a group of you guys just kind of hanging out. Yeah, and that was it. It yeah. was kind of like, just like, Hey, let's just meet up and do this thing. And, yeah. and now it's turned into this monster. So how many years has uh, horseshoe hell been a thing? But before we get into that, yeah. I'm not going to assume everyone listening to this podcast knows what horseshoe yeah. hell is. Yeah, so can you take a moment fair. to explain like, what is this unique phenomenon that exists nowhere else in the world? Cause yeah. this event is, there's not, there's nowhere else in the world. I think that has an event like this. Yeah. I like to call it a festival, but I think more, more than anything, horseshoe hell is a community of people really. Um, but into the details of it, horseshoe hell is like a five day event in Northwest Arkansas mm-hmm. at horseshoe Canyon ranch. And there's, you know, there's parties, there's, we feed you a couple times. We show films. We, uh, uh, we have a bouldering party and then, oh, by the way, there's a couple of competitions thrown in. Right. Yeah. And so there's a 24 hour, you know, competition where you climb for 24 hours straight to see how many routes you can climb on lead clean. Um, and then there's also a 12 hour competition that's the, that starts the day before. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, tw- the 12 hour event was really, I, I'm guessing here, maybe we came up with the 12 hour event, maybe like five or six years in. Mm-hmm. So it, we didn't start with the 12 hour event. We just started with a 24 hour event. And so it really is this coming together of people in this Canyon mm-hmm. for five days of, uh, you know, I like to tell people you can do whatever you want, as long as you're kind to anybody, everybody else. Like mm-hmm. it's very much a community minded uh, family, uh, or you could also call it a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Being in Arkansas. I mean, I could go further. I mean, obviously there's much more to it, but it is a, you come here for a good time. It's a place you can, if you can't be any yourself anywhere else in the world, you can be yourself here. And I think that that's like, I, I hate to say this, but the 24 hour and 12 hour events are just peripheral now. Now this is just a coming together of people. I would say that humans. No, yeah. I would definitely agree that. Um, yeah. When did the costumes come into play? Or was that always been from the get go? Cause I think that's, yeah. I think that's a part of it too, that allows people to express. Cause there's been some wild yeah, things over the right. years. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is like, I think you're right. Like horseshoe hell is honestly has nothing to do with the climbing. It has everything to do. I mean, climbing is the climbing is the driving, sure. it like is the vehicle by which sure. we're all here. But like you hear more friendships, more relationships, yeah, people right. just of wide varieties, just coming together, climbing. Like this is like, I guess this is like, I forget what the term it is and like networking, but there's a, there's like a node. And right, I feel right. like mm-hmm. you coming here consistently. This is the deepest that I've ever been. I've met more friends through Arkansas, more friends through right. Oklahoma, yeah. the entire climbing community and a lot of Texans yeah. here, more mm-hmm. here than I've met than any one place that I've ever traveled. Yeah. And so like, this is a big, like, as you said, gathering yeah. of climbers. Yeah. And for you to say that is a, 
makes me happy because that's what this is about. There is, I could, sorry, climbers, all you climbers out there that come here and try your hardest for the 12 and the 24 hour events. I don't care. I really just care about bringing people together for a good time and making new friends. Like one of the things, you know, one of the things I like to ask people to do is bring a little gift from wherever you're from and give it to somebody you don't know. Oh, that's beautiful. And that allows you to meet somebody that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things about here is, you know, we have people from all over the world come to this event and they meet new friends. And then for example, if you live, say you live in this area and you meet somebody from wherever, Washington, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now you've got a new friend there and you can go stay at their house when you, when you visit there to climb or whatever. Yeah. And so there have been lifelong friendships made here and these people come back every year. Oh yeah. Oh, this is like the most, I mean, the wait list is how long on average on this thing? We tend to have around a thousand people on the wait list every year. This is the most like, it's funny. It's like, if you're in the climbing community, this is one of the most talked about events. Like, yeah around who knows it. And I still feel like, and when I say in the climbing community, the way I like to look at it is think of a bullseye, like you're playing darts. Yeah. Level one, two, and three is like, I'm not going to try and say like, you can't be in those levels, but like sure. you, you've invested a, a large amount of your life yeah. into identifying as a rock climber. Right. Meaning, you know, you know, the festivals, you go to tri- all your life, like, Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like to take a vacation unless it's rock climbing. Right. Like you, right, you're right. kind of, we all know what that is like, mm-hmm. um, and each and every sports have them, but mm-hmm. this is this place where people come to meet and people come to this festival and it's unlike anything else. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you come here, you develop those deeper center of the bullseye friendships yeah, really right. fast. Cause you're yeah. spending five days, you're spending a tremendous amount of time yeah. you're suffering mm-hmm. put together and suffering makes, I don't care who you go, uh, who you are. If you go through hard times with some, someone that you've willingly both put yourself right. through, yeah. you build relationships. And I think this is like the magic here, but it is such a diverse group. Yeah. It's great. And no one, no one here cares how hard you climb. Oh, no that's one not, cares that's at the, all. That's the least of anybody's it's concern. It's the least of your concern. There are people here who are trying to climb one route per hour and that's their goal. Yeah. And there are people here trying to come and trying to crush the records and they're all climbing together and they're all cheering on each other out at the Craig during the event. And that is, that was the vision for this from the start. Mm-hmm. I calling all pros. We don't care if you come. We could care less. I'm sorry. No, I know no, that, I, no, I hope no, that doesn't say come it, off wrong. No, say like, it like it is, Playboy. Say this it like is it is. For the people. I yeah. don't care. I, I don't, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong ways, but this event is for regular human beings to come and challenge themselves. And if pros want to come, totally cool. But that's not what this is about. It's not no. about that. No, I definitely agree with you. Yep. I definitely, I definitely, definitely agree with you. So, Outside of this monstrosity, like I know you have a very established career as a cyclist, as a road biker, you're also a content creator. You're kind of like, I think like, I don't know. I really feel like you are, you are the, like the jack of all, would you say you're a master of none, Uh, uh, a jack of all trades, but a master, well, how does it go? Jack of all trades is a master of none, is not a master of one but he knows how to do a bunch of stuff. Like, I say it much, much more countryfied. I say it, I am great at nothing. I'm okay at everything. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Okay. Take me to church. I love that. Yeah. 
So I guess like, so outside of climbing, so you found climbing, that was like your heart. You established this yeah. event. This event is like, there's enough, there's enough, Google this enough. There's enough on the internet that talks about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, and now you live in Bentonville. Can we jump to like, when did you discover cycling and what about it made you click yeah. so much because I identify you more as a cyclist than I, I do a climber. I, I knew you climbed, yeah. but I like your identity in my mind as a brand yeah. is you are a cyclist. Yeah. I, I, I would say that that's probably correct. Um, I, I spent, you know, quite a few years being an obsessive rock climber. And that was during those years that we, you know, talked about mm -hmm. before. And so and that's when we founded Horseshoe Hell. And then I, I, uh, I kind of like, I got into this really short one year stint of being like super into, I have an obsessive personality. So mm -hmm. whatever I'm into, like I'm in it, like tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. Right. And I got into ultra marathons, oddly enough, for like a year. <laughs> and I thought that you know, that'd be cool. I hated running, but I thought it'd be cool to run for like, you know, 20 hours straight or whatever. Cause yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's, no, hard it's nails. And so I started like training for these ultra marathons that I want to do. And I'm a bigger guy. So I'm like about 200 pound guy and you can't run every day as a 200 pounder without injuring yourself. And so I got on the bike to supplement like time training uh -huh. time. And I, I wasn't a cyclist, you know, I rode bikes as a kid, but I was never really into it. And once I, I got on the bike to start training for ultra marathons and then my obsessing, uh, obsession switched. It just oh. completely pivoted to cycling. And that's when I got into road racing and all these different things. You know, I got super obsessed with it. And I still ride uh, way more than I climb. I, I, I just, you know, it's my obsession. I, I cannot focus on multiple things at once. And so I have to focus on one thing. And so right now I'm just, a, I'm, I'm riding a lot. Nice. And that's what it is. You know, I still have that intense passion for the, for the climbing community mm -hmm. because I would argue being immersed in both communities, um, the climbing community is way, way cooler than the cycling community. Really? I feel like the, like someone's going to call the, call you out or these are fighting words. You yeah, just I said, I don't care. I, I, no, I love it. <laughs> Listen, like you give no fucks, you give no fucks and get no fucks. I, am, I can see that you I are am here. A, an obsessive cyclist, but I can be objective and, 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 and stick, take a step back and say the climbing community is just a much more welcoming, understanding like loving is that the nature community. of the sport because like is that just because what climbing is because when you say that i think about one of my first times here yeah. doing the 24 and i remember there was i don't know who they are i know they're living legends but there's a couple yeah. an older couple and they did the 36 yeah and i cannot remember what their name was is was it dick dower and natalie maybe maybe maybe, yeah. maybe. They, they were i mean they are legends they i They've think it, it every what, year is dick here yeah, they're here now. I think it is them, but yeah. I just remember they were the same age as another much older couple than me at that time. Sure. Yeah. And this older couple I first saw was just like, they were like, oh, we're just trying to get around an yeah. hour, kind yeah. of hang out. And then they came up almost, you know, I didn't think they were that far off. And these two were just nailing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're good. Just nailing throughout, like breaking records. Yeah. And it was just right. one of these cool things. And I think the reason why I bring that up is, the climbing community, I think climbing in itself, the nature of it is, is like, it just, 
the only reason why climbing would ever be shitty is because of shitty people. Because the nature of climbing sure. is it doesn't matter like who yeah. you are, where you're coming from. The route is the same. Right. The effort is the same. And anyone who turns and sees you climbing on a wall has immediate respect for you because yeah. like just to rope in and tie in and just pull up. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. And so I definitely see that. Like, that's why I think the climbing community is so welcome. So what's the difference between this and the cycling community? I'm like, I'm not trying to talk shit on cycling here, but this is a world I know nothing of. And I've talked to you about some ideas that I have, Mm -hmm. and there's a few ideas I'd like to like spitball off your head here on this episode. But, um, like cycling is something I'm interested in, but I just do like urban riding. So what's the difference in the community? I'm kind of ranting. I think I, I, this is my guess, just being immersed in both of them. My guess is like climbing is inherently competing against yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, when you're at a crag or even in when you're in a gym, you're climbing with your friends and you want your friend to succeed. You're not competing against that friend. Generally speaking, that's not always the case. No, no. I get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for, Generally speaking, when you're cragging with a friend or a buddy of yours, you're cheer- you want them to send that route. Oh, hell you yeah. want them to get it. Oh, it's it's invested. That's right. And then cycling is more of a competitive, like you're competing against other people. You are trying to beat them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that that attracts different personality personalities, types, right? Yeah. It is inherent in the two in those two different sports that they attract different personalities. Again. That's not always the case, but I'm saying generally speaking. And so that would be, so you get these really type A personalities that are highly competitive in cycling and they just want to beat each other up. Right. Mm -hmm. In climbing, you're cheering for those people that you're climbing with. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. No, I would say that's Um, it. That's the most obvious difference. Is there any crossovers where you see like climbing, climbing culture and uh, climbing community? and cycling community meet it. Like, are there any points where they intersect and they're much the same? Love appreciation for the outdoors, doing things hard, doing mm. things that are very difficult. Um, those would be kind of crossovers that I see personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I think that you find generally speaking, cycling community is great. It's better than a lot of other type of communities out there. But I, I, I'm comparing just the, when you're comparing these two together, mm-hmm. you just find a more community minded people in mm-hmm. climbing than you do in cycling. Again, once again, yeah. And the, the, the sports are different inherently. Yeah. Like they, 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 they are acknowledging that they're yeah. drawing two very different types of people. But oftentimes you do find crossover. Like I know a lot of rock climbers that ride and vice versa. I find it like, I find riding more therapeutic. I mean, that's just for me. And like, I've always done it. Like my favorite thing is just to like ride around downtown Dallas early in the morning. Like, you know, just, I'm kind of just turning, going wherever. People are like, well, do you have a plan? I'm like, nope, I'm just going to turn on this street. I'm just going to go here and just, I like it. It's more of an exploration. I think that's why, like, that's the thing that has always drawn me to like riding a bike. It's just like, it's a vehicle that I'm driving yeah. and I can just go wherever I want to go. It reminds me of being a kid. It does. When I used to get on my bike, I know <sighs> it's a, we might be a little bit different generation than some people. Like I'm old enough to where like when I was a kid, I, I just got set free to go ride my bike wherever no, I wanted was to it. as a kid. I, you know? My rule, my dad's was like, street lights come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to be home. If not, I want a phone call from a pay phone yeah. every hour. Right. On the hour. So I would have to take enough change. If I knew I was going to be out, I had to take enough change in my pocket so I could make a call on the hour, every hour. Cause my dad would 
beat my ass. <laughs> if I, if he had to stay up, like worrying about me, like if I woke him up, cause I could like call like maybe like the fifth call. Yeah. He'd be like, all right, he's fine. Oh, like, like yeah. don't call anymore. Just come home whenever you're ready. Yeah. But if he had to stay up worrying about me. Yeah. You're in trouble. Oh Lord. I just remember walking into the house and I, my father would just look at me. I'm like, okay, okay. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm get it. But yeah, I don't think those, those days don't exist anymore, but I do know what you mean. Like just yeah. getting set free. I'll never forget. We moved into a different, I moved into a different neighborhood and I would just turn on all these little streets and right. these little alleyways and just like yeah. be exploring. Yeah. And I think that's like, and you're doing it now and as, as an adult, if it makes you feel like a kid. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's what I like about it a lot. Yeah. Is there anything else you do that like outside of cycling that makes you feel like a kid? I mean, I feel like a kid every day because I, <laughs> uh, you know, in my work, I do, I only choose to do things that I love. I don't care how much money they make. I could care less. I would, pr I would prefer to be happy in my life. And so everything I do for work, I would do for free, which makes me feel like a kid. That makes and those sense. are rules I made for myself a long time ago, not caring about how much money I made, just doing the things I love. That's no fair. matter what. No that's matter fair. What. I, I, can, I can support and, that. And that's made for some difficult times because, <laughs> you know, very thin, you know, thin yeah. money times, you know, but it's made for a happy life. How have you set yourself up to support that life? Cause I mean, not everybody can do that. Sure. I mean, not everybody can just like, you know, cause I know you live in your van part-time Sure. Uh, yeah. when you're working. Yeah. Do you, I yeah. mean, I don't know like, but how, like, what are the things I guess early on as you started to do this were like, I guess like, were there, were there like key three, like a few big things where you're like, okay, if I'm, if I want to keep this lifestyle yeah. and I want to yeah. be able to work for happiness, that's not have question. to chase dollars. Like what was something that you said you would say that you had to do early? Well, that's a real, I mean, that's a pretty dang good question. One thing I, one thing I did is, is, um, was be okay with not having very much money. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, being, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, sometimes having a few months there, you know, where you don't know if you're going to be able to make those bills or mm -hmm. whatever. I've been there. I was okay with that. Uh, and I, I also have a personality where I don't thrive on stability. I, th I thrive on, uh, thrive on fun and happiness. <laughs> and, you know, I, I understand that doesn't work for some people. I get that, but I am, I'm just, I don't think that I have three things that I, oh, I three, just, whatever. I just, just stayed the course. Okay. You know, um, I just stayed the course for years on end, you know, being pretty poor and not caring really truly not caring how much money I made being happy, doing the things that I want to do, not the things that I have to do. Um, and again, I know that doesn't work for everybody, but I wasn't willing to, uh, to compromise that mm -hmm. no matter what. And it took some time, you know, I'm not a young chicken anymore, but I, I have built up to a point where now I don't worry about money as much, but I've stayed that course. Yeah. And I think, um, it, well, I think the big thing with you, especially in the South is you've also built a brand kind of around you. I think you really do that. I mean, I would say this from what I know is like, if I hear of a project that you're involved in, I know one of the, I know it's going to be, it's going to be two things. It's going to be good and it's going to be impactful mm. because like, I don't see you connecting yourself to anything unless it has those values, yeah. you know? And it's like, and you're also, I guess, you know, it's like, I don't want to say, use the word 
cheap, you make it, it's going to be accessible. I yeah. think that's really what it is. So it's going to be accessible. It's going to be good. And it's going to be deep. Well, that's, imp- that's extremely, yeah, that's extremely important to me. That goes back to, I won't touch anything if I'm not passionate about it because it will suck. Yeah. If I'm not passionate about what I'm doing, mm-hmm. my work will be terrible. It won't work. And so I've grown and I've, I've had to gain that confidence to be able to say, no, I'm not passionate about that. That might make some money, but I won't like it. So what's that? How's that going to fulfill my life? Right? Was so, there a, ever a moment or a job you can remember that you just turned down because it was like, oh, there's a shit ton of money, but like you, like you were really having that feeling. There's been projects. I don't think any jobs, but like, however you call them, maybe even events that I've been approached about that, um, you know, I had, I've, there's been quite a few opportunities to expand horseshoe hell to two, three different, four, five more different markets. Oh, wow. And I just don't know if that's the right thing for this, you know, quote unquote brand. I think that horseshoe hell is best served for the community being a once a year family reunion in Arkansas. Oh, I love that. And again, yeah, those, those would make me more money, but but it, it, no, it definitely, it, it, but is it worth it? I don't nah, think it is. Man, it changes the sauce. It changes the sauce. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an, what if there was six horseshoe hells spread out throughout the year with uh, this one wouldn't be a special, would it? No, no, it would cheapen it. I'm, I'm, it I'm asking de- a real question. I don't no, know. No, no, I'm it, answering your question. Yeah. I think it would cheapen it. Right, yeah. Right. I think you would definitely cheapen it because like, it is such a big deal mm-hmm. here. And like, and I guess if you volunteer, do you get a, a do you get an opportunity to climb in it next year? Yeah, you do. But you know, it's even hard to get a volunteer spot. But my point is, is like, you're making avenues for it. It's not like you cannot, like, once again, like that's the beauty of this event. It's like, it doesn't, it's not too expensive. Yeah. It's extremely accessible. The biggest investment you have to make in in order to do Hoshutel is yourself. That's right. You need like, like if you're someone who's a Gumby, first day in the rock climbing gym and you want to do Horseshoe Hell, all you really need is a willing partner. Yeah a lot of patience, invest in your own camping, climbing, yeah. everything you need to make yourself right. survive outdoors. Yeah. And you can come here with yeah. barely any experience. Yeah. You will, you will, you will have more experience than most people by the time you leave. That's right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I think that, no, like I can definitely see that, but the answer to your question, I think it would cheapen the event. I think it would mm-hmm. like five or six of them would definitely be like that many, it would take away from it. There's a real cool, a real cool story. I tell people sometimes that really kind of, uh, guided the trajectory of this event. 2008, it was our third year. Sonny Trotter came and he competed and of course he won. Um, and after the event, I was like, Hey man, I really want to grow this thing and like make it like the biggest, best event in the world. It's like, what do you think about like, bringing all these pros in and doing like pro payouts and getting all these sponsors and blah. blah. And he was like, dude, if you do that, you will ruin this thing. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so taken aback. He was like, this thing is special because it feels real. And he was like, he was like, in my opinion, you should never do that. And it made me step back and think, okay, what is this event really about? Do I really want it to be, in all the magazines and uh, you know, the focus on the pros and payouts and whatever, no. do I really want to just bring people together 
for a good time for five days. Man, this is the best hang since like, I mean, this is the best hang ever. I know. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. So his, his advice changed the trajectory of this event because I had been thinking of going in, in this other other direction. Yeah. So I really do credit Sonny for saying, dude, that's the wrong path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was some, that was so quick wisdom dropped real quick. I know. And once that decision was made, I have been, I'm a very stubborn person. I haven't changed. I, I, I the ethos of this, this event is this event costs $110 to compete in mm-hmm. for a five day festival. Mm-hmm. We feed you however many times we show you a film. We got after parties, we got free beer, we got free food. We got, there's, you know, there's, $200 worth of swag you get in your bag. And we haven't raised that price in probably 10 years because, and we also don't take cash from sponsorships. If a, if a company comes in, I will, I will not name this company, but there was a company probably 10 or 15 years ago that came in and wanted to give a ton of cash for uh, a big company that wanted to come in give a ton of cash for title sponsorship. And I said, No, because the second, this is my accountability. Yeah. The second money becomes a part of this event for me is the second I start making decisions based upon money. Oh yeah. 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 And then those decisions aren't based upon the good of the event or the good of the people coming or whatever. No, it's based upon money. And so this, this event is not about making money. It's just about I make right now, I make plenty of money in my day job. I don't need the money for, from this. And so that is the ethos of the event. We've never taken cash from a sponsor ever Wow! in 17 years. Um, and it costs a hundred. And if you just want to come and hang for the weekend and not compete, it's 45 bucks. That's it. Yeah. See for five days. Yeah. I mean, for once, once again, like this is like, this event is kind of unreal. Um, yeah, I could see that. Like, cause it, you I agree with you because you would start making decisions based on revenue, not based on what the community needs. Cause I imagine now when you're making these decisions, you're like, well, as long as people think it's rad, that's right. Then let's do it. But if they, if it's not going to be fun, then let's have nothing to do with it. And I think that's what makes this special. And letting, and letting the people own the event. Like I don't want to own this event. I want the people to own it. Like we, (laughs) here's a good example. COVID year, Mm -hmm. 2020. We put, we put, it to a vote whether we should even have i let the people vote on it and they oh, voted, i remember that they voted not to have it and so we didn't have i it. remember that yeah. and we didn't keep people's money we deferred everyone's entry to 2021 everyone's if you wanted to defer your entry we let you defer it and it, we didn't we didn't keep anybody's cash nobody's cash we let everybody either you either got a refund or you got to defer to 2021 and so well, to yesterday morning at the climbers meeting at nine o'clock in the morning, we were trying to figure out where we wanted to have the after party. And I was like, I can't make the decision. Let's just vote on it. <laughs> so we had the crowd vote on where the after party's happening tonight. Uh, you know, awesome. Pavilion field down at, you know, down in front of the trade trading post and everybody voted on the trading post. So that's where we're having it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be wild. I want everyone to own a little piece of it. I don't want to own this event. I want everybody else to own it. I don't want, it's not mine. This ain't mine. That's the, but I think that's admirable of you, but I also think that's like you're stay, you're sticking true to your guns and you're also sticking true to the nature of climbing. Like we don't own any of this rock. I mean, someone might own the property, that's own right, the yeah. land, but the reality is, is like 
we don't own this rock. We yeah. never will. Right. This thing will be here long past all of us. All of us will be mush and right. mushroom food. That's right. Yeah. And this thing will still be here. Yeah. And so right. like we are guests and then I love that attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I'd like to, you mentioned it a little earlier. I want to switch gears and talk about, um, your cycling. Uh, you have three spokes or three. Oh, the, uh, the uh, my cycling event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to call the rule of three, the rule of three. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know nothing about this. So That's tell okay. Me. Yeah, for sure. So it's, what is it? It's a, uh, so it's a, it would be considered a gravel cycling race basically. Um, and it's set in Benville and, but what it, it's, it has a unique format to it because you spend, it's a hundred miles. The route's a hundred miles long and you spend 50 miles on gravel roads. You spend 30 miles on paved roads and you spend 20 miles on single track mountain bike trail. And so you got to pick your one bike. You could, you pick your one bike to use for that day. Ooh. You know, you pick a mountain bike, it's going to be slow on the gravel and road. You pick a gravel bike, it's going to be a little bit less, you know, great on, on the single track. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's very, it's very equipment driven. It's a very, very difficult course. It's very hard. It's a challenge. It's hard to finish. Oh, wow. Um, and we, we run it in the exact same ethos as 24 hours of hard shell. We don't take concert sponsor cash. The event costs 65 bucks to do How? and your value the, the return of value that you get, you cross that finish line and you, we put a bag over your shoulder and it has a burrito inside. It has a beer, it has a Coke and it has like a muffin in there. And so you're sitting at the finish line, completely cratered out of your mind. You're like dying, but you've, and you got sustenance right there. So you don't need to go, you don't need to pull your wallet out anywhere to go buy food somewhere. You don't have to go buy beers. It's all right in this bag on your shoulder. So you can get that sustenance and that will that allow you to stay there and have a good time. We got photo booth photos. There's all kinds of things going oh, on. Oh, that's awesome. So it has a little bit of a festival atmosphere as well to it. Um, and it has, it has, we have the capability of going bigger. Like we have, uh, you know, this year we had 1500 people, um, compete in it. Um, what's yeah. the max or we capped it at 1500. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we sold out 1500 spots in like a less, little less than a day. Question is the wait, how big is the waiting list to get on this thing? Uh, so we don't do it. We, well, I guess we do have a waiting list because we fill up that registration fills up. And if you don't get in, we do open up a, a waiting list and it's pretty gigantic as well. I so, think, and okay. a lot of the draw on that one is like, we're new. This is, this is just our second year. We just did, this was just our second, this year was oh, this is year awesome. two. And uh, the, a lot of that draw is that it's in Bentonville, which has world-class mountain biking trails mm -hmm. and the gravel roads outside of Bentonville are primo. They're just gorgeous and, you know, physical and the terrain's difficult. And so it, you know, Bentonville's a great place to visit. And so people, you know, it makes sense to put an event on there because it's kind of like this cycling Mecca now. Yeah. And so that's a good draw, but you also have to put on a good event for, to get people coming back. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the story behind rule of three and it's been very fun, but again, same exact ethos as horseshoe hell. Um, as far as like no decisions made based upon money, only decisions made based upon the experience of the people coming. Was the conception of it much like the same as horseshoe hell? Did you see, you got a bunch of people together and like, I have this crazy ass idea. Let's just try it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, me and one, uh, me and a buddy of mine were riding single track one day in Bentonville on our gravel bikes. Because there's a lot, there's a, there's actually quite a bit of single track in Bentonville that 
is smooth and flowy and fun enough to where uh-huh. it's not crazy technical to where you have to have a, you know, a, a, mountain a bike. real mountain, mountain bike, bike on. And so we were just ripping around on these drop bar gravel bikes. And we were like, dude, this is fun. And then you pop out on the road and then you go onto gravel roads. And so you're like popping in and out all this terrain, different terrain all day. And we were like, it'd be pretty cool to put on an event here or like, yeah. you know, where you ride all these different terrains. And we sat, we sat on it for a couple of years. We didn't, we didn't run with it immediately. But we felt like 2021 was kind of like the right time to do it right out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, We thought it would be really, really small starting off. And we're like, well, we could get away with, you know, 200 people our first year because, you know, people won't be traveling from other states to come in and spread in COVID, like things like that. So we were thinking this through. And then we sold out like 700 spots that first year. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> likely is outside <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we did not create a super spreader which is good so. oh yeah uh but yeah that's kind of that was that's the inception of rule of three and it, i i hope that it grows similarly to to horseshoe hell and honestly if it doesn't i'll just end it yeah because that's what all i care about i really am extremely passionate about bringing people together as a community for friendships and fun and laughter and being whoever you want to be. And, uh, that's that, like that recharges me really. I leave this place recharged. I don't leave this place exhausted. Well, partially because I don't have to do as much work anymore, but (laughs) I do, I leave this place recharged in like, this is like my annual recharging of faith in I humanity. I mean, you look very chicest right now. Like this fucking full linen onesie walking around just fucking Godfather mode. Yeah. Dude, yeah. this is awesome. It's funny you say that because I would always do this event and then this event kicks off like the tail end of climbing in Red Rocks before the rainy oh, season yeah. comes in. Yeah. So historically I would always do the 24 and then I would be, in the mindset to go to Vegas to try oh. to do, this was the year that I was trying to finish. I had, uh, I think nine routes that I wanted to do in Vegas and oh, I wanted yeah. to do them in a week. Oh, yeah, And yeah. Will and I did, I think we did everything but one. We did eight routes in wow. a week. And so we did like Frogland, Father Time. Um, we did Epinephrine, Rock Warrior, Prince of Darkness. Uh, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Um, I believe, oh, I cannot remember the other two. Uh, <laughs> there's, I'll remember them later. It's a big week. But yeah, it was a big <laughs> week. But the thing is, is like, it would only work. Like for me, I would just be in such the mindset. Cause we tried uh, doing it other yeah. times of the year. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, cool. But I didn't like have the mental fortitude, but I yeah. felt like doing this right after that. And then going out, like, yeah, I just did this for 24 hours. And it doesn't freaking fit. matter. Yeah, like I'm fit. like, my brain is sharp and I'm yeah. ready to go at it. And I like, I've always used this as a springboard. So I, it's cool to hear that you say this recharges, it recharges you. Cause this always like stoke the fire of my joy nice. for yeah. climbing. Yeah. And I would want to climb more. I mean, granted I was wrecked sure. Every, as everyone is wrecked right. for like a week or two right. after this. Yeah. yeah. But this, I definitely stopes the fire to just like go climbing and help people climb. Yeah. So yeah. This, I like that. That makes me happy. Cause that's, we, that's all we do it for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, so outside of like running these events and that's it. If, um, I know you work as a 
market are you a full-time marketing agency are you like you're a one-man show like that's the thing it's like i think is so unique about you it's like i feel like you could message me like dude i'm like i have this opportunity i'm in saigon and like yeah, you yeah. were that person or i like of course you are of yeah. course you're in some random part of the world i'm i'm a, man i'm a very much a people person i was born with an outgoing personality it didn't cultivate it's just who i am mm-hmm. and i love being around people i love talking to people of all different types mm-hmm. i don't care who you are mm-hmm. um and i think that so i don't know maybe that lends itself well to what i do but i golly i don't know what i do i do all kinds of stuff i'm i uh i'm a photographer i'm a you know marketing guy i help brands with their public image essentially like Mm -hmm. you know you know brand abc um how how do we how do we want our uh, our audience to perceive us Mm. are we a high-end brand are we uh affordable brand you know so i help people strategy in those realms um and then i help people with outdoor recreation projects i do a crazy amount of different things and I like that because I get bored with things. Uh, so I need to be doing different things at all times. And I work for myself. I have my own brand. I have, or I have my own company that I'm self-employed and I do, I, I have two, uh, two employees that help me mm-hmm. with some of the work when I am a little too, um, overbooked, I, I guess. Yep. Yep. And, uh, it's, it's a, I'm very, very busy. But I love every, none of it feels like work. Oh, I, know. I, I, I get that. None of it. And I, I encourage people all the time to live that life. No matter, n- no one, you know, no one's on their deathbed at 80, 90 years old wishing, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have made more money. No, I wish I would have had more experiences. I wish I would have made more things that make me happy. Do more. I wish I would have done more things that make me happy. I wish I would have done more things in life that would have fulfilled me instead of put more money in my bank account, you know? Yeah. And so I am, I'm so stubborn. I'm only willing to do things that I'm passionate about. I'm just not willing to, I don't care how much money it makes. It doesn't matter. I know way too many very wealthy people who are extremely unhappy and I don't want to be that. I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah. No, no, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, man, no, I'm with you on that one. It's one of the things that's like, people have asked me like, why haven't you ever stopped coaching or quitting? And I like quit coaching and like yeah. just move on to something else. I like chase all these in, in, what is it? Ambitions and dreams. Yeah. And yeah. if you spend 10 minutes with me coaching, you realize kids are the coolest things. Since right. Bread. Yeah. And just watching them go from seven year olds, six year olds to the point now where like I have kids that I coach that have reached out to me that are like, I'm getting ready to start a family. Are you still coaching? Yeah. And these, like, it's just watching someone go through this growth process. I can't imagine doing anything else because it brings me, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, but like just watching you go through your growth process and becoming better at what you do and the joy that it brings you. Yeah is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And it's like, I like the happiest place I am is belaying someone or spotting right. someone. And it's just like watching them and helping them get there yeah. is single-handedly the most beautiful thing in the world. And you're doing for a job what you would do for, for free, free if you could. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would teach people how to rock climb for free all day. Yeah. And I've definitely done it for free before. I just yeah. had to, at one point I realized I needed to start eating more food. Yeah. I've shot lots of photos for free to get to the point where I'm now. Yeah. I think that's a part of it too. I think I've definitely yeah. heard that for like, I do like, you know, I do a little bit of film and production. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I have done more films for free 
yeah. and shot more things for free than I, than I have ever done, than I've gotten paid right, for. Right, However, right. that allows me the opportunity and has got me in the doors that yeah. I've been in. And I think you build a, your, you build your portfolio, you know, you build your work, people get to see it. Um, and then the next thing you know, it's taken off, you yeah. know? Um, and sometimes it takes a while. It took me a long time. And I, I actually came to a point where I realized that I couldn't just take photos for a living. I had to no, make really? some things in. Why? I just wasn't making enough money. Okay. You know? And so I, I, I wasn't making enough just shooting photos. And so I was like, oh, what if I, what if I shot photos and maybe built websites for people with those photos? Uh. So I went, I did, I went that route and then I would do, I would shoot photos for brands and then run their social media with those photos. Uh. And so I was like, okay, how can I continue to do the things that I love, but also make a little bit more money? Mm-hmm. And build my whatever business. And so it took, took me forever, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> forever. Yeah. I don't think anything comes fast. And I think that's the reality of like the curse of the internet and the curse of social media. Instant gratification. People, yeah. yeah <laughs> people, Instagram, instant gratification. That's right. yeah. Like people yeah. think it's supposed to be happening. And it's like, mm. you know, it's like, I think about, I don't know. I, this is just me. And I think about this. I think about, like I talked to my dad about like when he was my age and what was yeah, he doing? And it's yeah. like, granted the world was a different place back in then. Like sure. he was like, you know, I was trying to have a family. I was trying to do all this and yeah, like that. Yeah. And like, and then, but then we start getting into it and you start getting about the opportunities and yeah, the things that are av- available to you then comparison sure. to now. Sure. And I think the reality is, is people have still been chasing their dreams just maybe the puzzles have moved around. People are having families later and oh, yeah. sooner yeah. or whatever. But as you said, like everyone is still, most people are still trying to chase after something that brings them a bunch, a ton of joy. Right. And I right. think just the world now, we just see it all the time, right in our faces. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I should be here now. And it's like, no, you should not. Right. Like if you have That's right. this, and I guess this is, this is very true for climbing. And I'll say this for me, the moment I'm climbing a route, especially a big route, um, if I'm like, I should already be there. That's the moment when I'm like, okay, like I'm operating, I'm climbing under the bat, uh, under the wrong pretense. Right. I'm climbing under ego and insecurity. And this is where uh, I like yep. start. Yep. This is where you start tangoing with the devil. That's true. And yeah. so I think that's like a beautiful thing to like you saying, like it's taken a while. And I think I'm assume I'm, a, I'm definitely, I imagine you've had your own battles of like, you said it earlier, like not making a ton of money or not Lots having, of it. Like, yeah. not having opportunities when you want to. And it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's just, is that something you've just kind of like, I mean, your personality seems like you're kind I'm of just, someone who just like takes a licking and just keeps I'm on chicken. Stubborn. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to, I did. So, so I did spend like two years in this corporate job that made good money kind of right out of college that made really good money. And I hated it. I really? hated it. And that taught me a lesson that I've lived by since then that stay the course, even if you're poor, who cares <laughs> if you're happy, man, I understand you have to pay bills. I get that. There yeah. are nuances. To yeah. This. Like no one's asking you to go hungry. That's right. That's right. But you know, I, oh, I'm always asking my buddies, all my friends, are you doing for a living what you do for free? If you could, that is my North star. That's my North star. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy. Oh no, dude. It's probably honestly, emotionally, I would say, I mean, I'm trying to do be in the same boat and we, you and I have talked about me diversifying my podcast. That's and right. Yeah. Things like that. And this is something I'm learning how to do, but like, 
there's a tremendous, I would say, arguably say there's a lot more personal failure that you have to deal with yeah. kind of going this route comparison to, as you said, taking a corporate job, taking yeah. things like that, not knocking on anybody who's in that structure. Sure. That structure is hard enough as it is. Sure. I think it's a bit, I think it's a different type of person. It works for some people. Yeah. That's like right. I think That's there right. are people who really thrive in That's that right. environment. I agree. Yeah. But like at the same time, I think like in this world and let's just say more of the creative world. Yeah. Like, I personally would say I've dealt with a lot of ideas that have flopped and failed. Me too. And I've just kind of like, you know, and sometimes you're kicking yourself in the teeth. I've definitely asked myself, I was like, maybe I should just like switch gears and like walk away from either production, podcasting or things like that. Coaching has never been that thing because it just brings me so much joy. And this brings me a tremendous amount, but it is one of those growing pains. And I think, yeah, I mean. Well, I admire that you're doing everything your own way because that's, that's, it's not easy to do, but it does bring more joy and fulfillment in my mind. It's maybe not always easier. Um, and it can come with its fair share of, you know, I scrape by for years, just barely. Um, but if I, I believe the vast majority of people, if they stay the course, they will find that breakthrough at some point. And I admire that you're, I you're believe. hustling. I think it's awesome. I think you're you, not man. doing it how other people tell you you should do it. No, you're no, doing it how you want to do it. That's right. No, there's enough success for, I think my mother said this once. It's like, there's enough success in the world to go around for everyone. That's it just right. doesn't look that way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's like the thing that I always try to live by. It's like, I'm really excited to see other people. I'm excited to see other brands. I'm really excited to, um, Pedro, the guy who opened up the rope company yeah. in Arkansas. Yes. I'm very excited to talk to him. Like that was like, cause I asked him, I was like, there's not a, there's no other climbing, like manufacturer of like climbing goods right. in, there's not a company in Arkansas that does that. And That's he's right. like, no, this is the first. And yeah. I'm like, but at some time I always assume that they, like there should have been, yeah. you right. know, yeah. and it's just, it made sense. But then I was like, holy crap. Wow. This is big. Cause this is like. God's this Arkansas is God's country for climbing in the it's South. It's great. It's great climbing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. And I admire, well, I say admire, I really would like to hear more about Pedro's story and how that brand came about. Cause yeah. I just don't know. Oh, well, we, I want to, uh, I'm talking to him before we get out of Thank here. You. So dude, awesome. I'm excited. I love it. Yeah. So, I'm glad they're here. I'm glad he's here. Yeah. Nice. It's cool. So, um, I guess, is there anything that's coming down the pipeline from you? Like anything that people can kind of, look for it or do they just need to follow you and watch you <laughs> and kind of try to keep up with you? I think Man, that's I the reality. I'm working on a lot of, uh, shall we say recreational projects in Arkansas, I guess. Okay. So basically making outdoor recreation in this state specifically, or at least right now, Northwest Arkansas, but eventually spreading that to the entire state, but making outdoor recreational more accessible to more people. Nice. Um, and more, more world-class. Um, and so I'm working on a lot of projects in that regards so that that's going to be super fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're kind of expanding a few of our rule of three events. So we're going to, okay. we're going to maybe put on a couple more of those events, um, within the state of Arkansas, within the state of Arkansas, because again, that's another one of those brands that I believe should not be spread out over multiple areas and mm-hmm. places. And, you know, um, we, we put on uh, an event in January called the rule of free as in zero, it costs nothing. And so it's a gravel race in January in Bentonville. That's free. 
it doesn't cost you a dime. You come, you race at the finish line, there's beer and food. And it's our thank you to the community for supporting the rule of three in oh, such a awesome. big way. That's awesome. Um, well, we just call it rule of three. Uh, yeah, so, dude, that's awesome. So that sounds like a family affair. That's awesome. It's, it's super cool. And the local community is, has opened their arms to the, you know, to the event. And that's a thank you. That's our thank you. So if someone wanted to start their own event, because I think that's something that I'm hoping someone listening to this is. Yeah. I know I've, I've talked to you about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm going to give away this idea on the podcast. And then uh, if someone else starts this, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, just remember to holler back at your boy. But yeah. I've always wanted to do like a, either like a triathlon or some kind of race at sure. Red Rocks. And yeah. I had, I tried, it almost happened, but I couldn't get enough crazy friends to convince it along to do it. Yeah. What I wanted to do is get a U-Haul. You're going to drive to Las Vegas uh-huh. with everybody's road bike in the back. Yeah. In Dallas, there are always a very consistent spirit or frontier red eye flights that like fly like clockwork to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. The idea was we were all going to get on the red eye, uh-huh. land in Vegas in the morning. The truck pulls up and someone just throws your bike out to That's you. That's amazing. The ride from the airport to Red Rocks was uh i think it's like 60 70 miles yeah and there yeah, is yeah. a road you can road bike the whole thing yeah yeah and we wanted to then jump off get into the loop run off you have to do a climb yeah and then it's like there's like you know a bunch of them to choose from and right. you just get your little scorecard check yeah. and then you come back into red rocks canyon again because all the climbs would be in juniper canyon yeah or in the other side the loop is a half marathon yeah and so the idea oh, is wow. we always wanted, I always tried to, I, tr- I like had like six people agree, Yeah, but it yeah. wasn't enough, but it's this crazy idea. But granted, this is something silly I've yeah. always wanted to do, but if someone wanted to do this, is there any advice that you give them besides just screw it, screw it and let's do it? Yeah. The, uh, my first advice would be to decide how you want to do it and stick with that. Okay. Um, I've always you know, I've always been a true believer in don't, don't worry about how other people are doing things like blaze your own path. Like Mm -hmm. don't look to see what other people are doing. And if you do, don't let that influence you. Maybe you look to see what other people are doing and like, well, I like that. I don't like that. I'm going to take this, but I don't, I'm going to leave that. I don't, I don't like that part. And then do it how you would want to do it. That would be my biggest advice. Too many people, in my opinion, look to see what other people are doing out there. And they're like, well, I'm going to do, I like that. So I'm just going to do it like that. Mm-hmm. Do it your own way. Um, and then, and then I would also argue that don't make your North star money. I'm, I know that that's antithetical to how we're taught in society, but like make your North star, the experience for the people, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you do it right, I'm sure money will eventually follow. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't make that your North star. Cause then you start making those decisions based on money and that's, I just don't think that's sustainable and that's antithetical to what we're told in society. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, but, it definitely is, but I think I agree with you. It is not sustainable because you're always chasing money. And if that's the idea in my mind, if you're always chasing a dollar, someone is going to have something else. It's if you're chasing a dollar, that dollar belongs to someone that's giving it to you. And that person might no longer find what you're doing interesting. So then that dollar is going somewhere else. Yeah. But if you're chasing the experience, well, then there are plenty of people who want that experience that will all, there will always be more people wanting to pay for an experience and wanting to be involved in experience. 
But if you are trying to get money out of people, then you, you're no longer in the driver's seat. Yeah. You're taking, you're, you're doing whatever they say. Like, but if you keep your idea based on your experience, it yeah. sounds like to me, like you're selling someone, like you're always in the driver's seat at that point in time. Yeah. Like you like, it, just, it doesn't matter anymore. You take That's that equation right. out. It's the biggest thing that I think a lot of people, I agree with you would get hung yeah. up on. That's one of the reasons why I don't take cash from, from companies because then they get to tell me what to do. And I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And I, dude, I am not an event promoter. I, I, I do not call myself an event promoter. I just want to bring people together for a good time. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Let's hang. That's it. So, you know, I don't have a ton of advice because I'm really not that great at this. And, and I'm being very honest, you know, Horseshoe Hell has become what it is honestly, not because of me. It's really because of the people that come and contribute out of the kindness of their hearts to make the event better. And the staff, the staff does all the work. You've seen me this weekend. Oh, yeah, what have no. I done? Oh, nothing. I've done nothing. I've been drinking with, I've been drinking mascal and whiskey with you. Dude, they do everything and yeah. they own it. They love it. It's their, it's they're fulfilled by it. The staff here is the only reason why the horseshoe hell staff that put this event on Daniel and his crew, they are the only reason why this thing is still going. That's it. They're the yeah. only reason, not me. So yeah. surround yourself by really good people. Yeah. No, dude, you are who you stand with. That is the truth. Yeah. You are who you stand yeah. with. And I've just gotten lucky to have the, I mean, these people kill it. They're yeah. unbelievable what they do. So if, again, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. We just wouldn't be. Well, definitely. Yeah. Well, I would like to get an introduction to Daniel because this yeah. is something I would love to like pick out his brain and just talk. Because I think events like this, like people want to create events like this. And I really like what you said. It's like, you know, keep your, keep your North Star as the experience that you want to yeah. have. Yeah. Because this is one of those things where like the only other event that I've ever seen that is like this is Color the Crag, oh, which was yeah. in Alabama. Yeah. And granted that event had a very different mission. Yeah. It yeah, was 100% yeah, yeah. community. Right. But right. bringing community that would never, ever, ever be in the outdoors in their yeah. entire lives and don't grow up with access to the outdoors. Yep, yep, yep. But if you have the means to get there, yeah. it's there, which- That's amazing. Yeah. Which I hope that event comes back. That yeah. like it was- uh, it was definitely one of the, like this, it was probably one of the most unique, beautiful that's cool. events yeah, ever. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know Bethany and Mikhail, the people who put that on? I don't think so. Uh, one of these days um, I'd like to introduce you guys. Yeah, bring so, them up here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would love that. But uh, yeah, no, and I think that's like the key thing, but I definitely hear people say all the time, like they come to these events and they want to yeah. know how to recreate this in their own community yeah. and recreate something of this value. But I think that's like what you said keeping the experience in mind yeah. and don't focus about like, it, don't focus on so much like what you need to make it happen. Yeah. Like you're, you're probably already doing it and you're right. probably already living it. Right. You, Cause if you've had, you've had a glimmer of this experience already. Yeah. So just keep people taking along. Cause that's really, it's what it sounds like for me with horseshoe. Like yeah. You guys just kept doing it back, come, coming back, kept sure. coming back and that's just kept right. getting bigger. And eventually, yeah. you know, that's right. You just grew. And one thing I will say, I, I'm, if for your listeners, I would love, well, one thing I'll say for your listeners is if anybody does need any help, you, you're asking mm -hmm. what I would, what advice I would give. Anything we do is open source. You will give you, we have no secrets, whatever you can use our scoring system. You can use whatever you want that we use for, to put on your own events. 
Hell, we'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to our sponsors. If you, if you have a real plan together that you really want to do an event, I'll introduce you to all our sponsors and say, hey, this is somebody wanting to do something cool in the community. Will you talk to them? Yeah. We are, we are not, we have no secrets here. That's so That's anybody awesome. who, uh, we've had people contact us over the years and say, could we use your scoring system or could we use your rules or whatever? It's all, you can use any of it you want. None of it's secret. None of it's uh, just for us. You can use anything you want. Yeah. Well, if anybody does have an idea, I will put a link in the bottom of the show notes. Cool, yeah. And then you can like submit your idea because like, yeah, I can see this going bombarding with ideas and craziness. So like- totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Just hit us up. Hit us up. There should be, there should be a bunch more of these out here. Just not put on by me. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're also saying is a personal invite is required. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to. I think that's like a big thing with me too. It's like when I look, when I look at this thing too, it's like, I like what you said. It's like, there should be more. And I've always wondered why there's not. Right. And also too, there might be some that, once again, not everyone knows about horseshoe. Right. Kind of right. getting back to like what I was talking about the bullseye earlier. Like you have your inner circle, yep. you have your outer circle mm-hmm. and that. And I feel like if you float between within depth of climbing community, if you float between like circle number four and five, you get yeah. whispers of this. Yeah. You right. know? Right. And, but if you're outside and part of that, you just don't know about it yet. And, but then if you're <laughs> in three, three to the bullseye. Yeah. This is a very well-known thing. Like yeah. people I know who have been right. climbing for years have been like, oh, I've always wanted to go to that thing. It seems so intense and so extreme. Yeah. Or some people are just like, yeah, it's just, I've been, I've, I've been trying to get in and yeah. they eventually I hear from them. They're like, I finally got in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's a big deal. So this is one of those things. We, we just, we just do everything antithetical to what you would think it should be done. We, you know, we don't, ask climbing magazines to come out. We don't, I mean, we post on our Instagram page for five days out of the, out of the year. And it's during this, you know, we put stories up, but you won't really see much from us. The rest, I mean, we don't advertise. There's no it's need. all word of mouth. There's it's no all need. word of mouth. There's yeah. no need for this thing. Like, yeah. like, like the wisp, the, when the email comes out that, registration is getting to open. Oh, there yeah, are yeah. whispers in the gym. <laughs> it's like people get in these like pole with like pole deep into near where the, where the arete is. They're like, Hey, the registration's opening up. Like there are whispers. Uh, you funny. hear it. That's like funny. everyone knows that it's idle, yeah. at least in Dallas. I think it's beautiful. Cause yeah, you'll yeah. hear once that email comes out, yeah. just coaching the kids. I'm always standing out. I hear people talking about it's like, like registration, like it's getting ready to open up. Are you ready? You want to do this? I'm like, no, I'm not ready. You're ready. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. Yeah, dude, this thing has a cult following. It does. Yeah, I and like it. I like the cult following. I think that's cool. We, I don't want to be, you know, nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with mainstream, but I, I don't want to be that. I want to be like under, kind of like a secret, like underneath the radar. Anybody is a, obviously everybody's welcome, but I still want it to be this like not secretive, but kind of underground kind of event where we like kind of stick to ourselves. And if you want to come, we want you to come but we ain't coming out there to ask you to come. No. Yeah. No, yeah, that's off. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Andy Chastine, a man that I admire and I look up to. 
because he had a vision and he brought it into this world. I want to let you know, if you inspire to do something like this, please let me know so I can get you in touch with Andy. He would love to help you, love to provide anything for you as you heard in this podcast. And remember, if you love Sends and Suffers and you love everything that we're bringing, please take a moment to leave a comment, like the podcast, share it with your friends. And if you can't get enough of it, join us on our Patreon where you'll get more information, more episodes, and more cool things that we're here doing. So thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you're not suffering, are you even sending at all? <laughs>